It's your boy Crypto Blood, and welcome to another Kicking It session. And today, guys, I've got a very smart individual, Paris Smalls, PhD. I should put on at the end of that. He is the owner, co-founder of Eden Geo Power, and he's here to talk to us about uh, a, a very unique way um, of mining. And in doing it in a way that's, that's you know less energy intensive on the grid is actually off the grid, totally uh, independent. And you know one thing that I was very excited about with this particular project is this, this is the first one that uh, I've been able to do an interview with that's doing an STO. So we're gonna take a look at that. You guys know I'm very excited about STO, that whole model, and I think that is the wave of the future. So again, uh, without further ado, Mr. Smalls, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. It's, it's great to be here. Um, we we really both, we both, both got on purple. This was not uh, <laughs> planned here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's my favorite color, man. You know, yeah. I grew up with a big Barney fan. It just kind of just stuck with me, you know? <laughs> So tell me a little bit about yourself, man. You're an MIT grad, very smart individual, man. This is I'm just glad to see uh, minorities, brothers in this game doing their thing. So just kind of give us a, a little background about yourself, uh, how you got to the point where you're doing a blockchain business and all that good stuff. Yeah, I, I guess I want to clarify one thing. Um, I'm not an MIT grad. Oh, okay. I'm, still at, I'm still at MIT. Um, oh, you're still in, okay. I'm still doing my PhD at MIT. I got another two years until I finish. So I guess the question becomes, you know, why? And how did all of this happen in the first place? How does a an MIT PhD decide to start a blockchain-based energy company? Mm -hmm. To be frank, a lot of it has to do with climate change. Um, a lot of it has to do with thinking creatively about what's being done right now. Mm-hmm by you know the government and the individuals to help combat um, greenhouse gas emissions. And what are the biggest consumers of energy um, in, 20, in 2019? And so because I was inspired to be able to do something about uh, moving towards a more decarbonized society, when I got into MIT, I knew I wanted to um, work on energy type projects. And so I started doing uh, renewable geothermal energy projects um, and Yellowstone National Park, mm. which is uh, by far the world's most expansive uh, geothermal um, resources. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, Yellowstone is actually a super volcano. And so a lot of people like make movies about if Yellowstone explodes, we're all gonna die and things like that. Um, it's which very is possible. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely true. If, if Yellowstone erupted, we'll, we'll be in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. But you know, we're, we're at least a couple hundred thousand years for the next eruption. so. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you start working on uh, advanced uh, life pre preservation uh, technologies and yeah. we can no, stay I around here for a little bit longer. I heard about this MIT startup that like um, they can take, I think, like your brain, right? And they put it in some kind of serum and they preserve it for at least a couple of hundred years. So if the technology ever gets there, you can take the brain back and put it back into an Android or whatever. Um, they got funded by Y Combinator. That's how crazy the idea was. Y Combinator loves that kind of stuff. Um, Dang, that's, that's crazy. But yeah, I was working on geothermal for my PhD um, in Yellowstone National Park. And I started thinking to myself, why don't we do more geothermal? And when I was researching it, what I found out was the reason we don't do more geothermal isn't because the energy is not cheap. 
actually geothermal energy is usually cheaper than solar and wind. Um, the problem is geothermal is very location specific to where if you imagine a world works on tectonic plates that mm -hmm. slip from one another, as these plates slip, you have places where magma intrudes. And right. that's what defines a really nice geothermal reservoir is a place to where you have magma that's not too far from the surface that makes the rocks really hot. And so the way geothermal works is that you take that hot rod, you introduce it to a fluid, that fluid turns into steam. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine with, with wind, you have wind blowing on a turbine generator and that uh, turbine generator has a magnet, expands and generates an electromagnetic field and it's renewable energy that gets produced. But with geothermal, it's just steam that comes from the ground that spans a turbine generator um, and it's renewable because the Earth's core is always giving off heat. Right. And now, so this now, like, now, now my question energy. though is, you, you you talk about doing these in locations like Yellowstone and other uh, locations similar to that around the world. What about areas like um, you know oil wells that are have been abandoned? Is there any way you could generate energy from those as well? Exactly. Yeah, and that's how we started the company. Okay. Um, one of the biggest problems with abandoned oil wells is that a lot of times, you know, you have leakage from the well and people have to keep maintaining them and things like that. And they're just useless at that point. And so we started the company thinking of, okay, how do we use the existing infrastructure to help make these projects cheaper? And so we started looking at how we can use the residual heat in these oil wells to produce geothermal power. Mm -hmm. Now, the more you dig into it, you know, it's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, the wells were abandoned for a reason. They're usually in very bad condition. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of had to think a little bit more about, okay, well, how do we generate geothermal power using, if not this idea, a similar idea. Mm -hmm. And so the idea was, you know, a lot of these really good geothermal resources are off grid, which means that they're not close to, um, imagine your home. The, the conventional way of selling electricity is that you set up some kind of power generation station, you set up these transmission lines. Um, point A is gonna be where you generate power, point B is gonna be usually the grid. Mm -hmm. But geothermal, if this is the grid, it's like all the way over there, it's far away. And so we started thinking about, well, how can we be able to generate more renewable energy right on site? And that's how we got to cryptocurrency mining um, as a way to make revenue at these abandoned or off-grid or ignored locations that could generate cheap energy, but are too far away for anybody to use it. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's very smart, man. And uh, I think that's a, a pretty good idea for sure. Um, now, with so you guys are going to be pretty busy up in uh, North Dakota then, right? <laughs> a lot of fracking. Can can you deal and convert those fracking wells over to what you're talking about? Or is it a certain type of... Uh, I wish. I wish. I wish we could just take every single well in the world and just like, yo, we're going to do geothermal power, baby. Let's make it happen. Uh, it's, it's not quite that simple. Okay. The wells need to be hot. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So fracking, fracking is not... Wells, yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not usually hot enough. They're usually very shallow, actually. Um, the best location that you're looking for where we would do this is going to be on the West Coast. Um, okay. And the reason we choose the West Coast is because um, you have a, a really prevalent tectonic plate boundary that goes through uh, California, and around that entire area, you have places where the rock gets really hot, pretty shallow. 
Mm-hmm. And the shallower it gets hot, the easier you can produce energy, the more economical it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, California has the world's biggest geothermal fields. Um, it's called the geysers, and that's where most of them are, are done. Nevada is also a fast-growing state for um, geothermal resources. And so right now, um, we're still developing technologies to consider how to transfer these abandoned oil and gas wells mm-hmm. and two sources of cheap energy. But we think the go-to-market strategy and the easiest thing to do is to simply find an existing geothermal reservoir that's off-grid but has been ignored because of its location, not because of its power generation potential. Utilize our novel um, cryptocurrency mining, and, and later on in the interview, we can talk about other use cases for the energy uh, business model to be able to develop a traditional geothermal project just with a different use case for the energy. Um, it's, a, it's the simplest thing to do. It doesn't require any new technology to be developed, and it would really help um, move us closer to a decarbonized society. So, so this, you know, this is a perfect fit because um, I sent you an article uh, out of Forbes about, you know, a lot of people in the industry are not actually in, 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 in the uh, mining industry, crypto mining industry. They're looking at Bitcoin and its mining infrastructure as something that's unsustainable. And so, you know, this is great that you're coming up with this type of uh, solution to where it is not going to be on grid, it's, it's self-sufficient, and, and then it can continue to keep the Bitcoin uh, network secure. So I think that's a, that's a very great idea that you have there, you guys have come up with. Yeah, and, and to, t- to chime in real quick, um, I think most Bitcoin does come from renewable energy resources. But the thing about it is that the people who do it currently, they just go to stranded renewable energy resources and just buy cheap power. But there hasn't right. really been a big investment into the development of renewable energy infrastructure from ground to finish for Bitcoin mining. And that's kind of what we're bringing into it. It's a way to use the energy demands to actually build a power plant, not just simply try to find cheap power purchase agreements. So tell us about, um, you know, a little bit about your team. I know you guys won uh, an MIT Clean Energy Prize. Can you tell us a little bit about the team and that uh, that prize that you guys won? Yeah, well, we were the finalists for this thing called the MIT Clean Energy Prize competition. Once a year, MIT does this thing to where it's a countrywide event. It's not just MIT students. Um, Sometimes Harvard students win it. I think last year, a team from Tufts University won it um, in the Boston area. But it's students who are innovating and bringing together new ideas for how to develop, you know, clean energy infrastructure and things like that to move us to a more decarbonized society. So that was actually my first pitch. The first time I've ever, this is about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started the company. We had this concept to retrofit a Bennett Wells for geothermal power production. I haven't raised a nickel and I just applied to this competition just to see what's going to happen. And we made it to a finalist. I think the odds were, I think we had like a 5% chance of being chosen as finalists and we actually made it. Mm, um, wow. And then, you know, we had to go up there and talk to these really fancy angel and VCs and really rich people and, they're drilling us about the technology. They're drilling us about the business plan and things like that. And it was just a, a really wild experience because it was my first time ever doing anything like that. So I'm on stage and I'm like, oh, you know, my name's Paris and you want to <laughs> fight climate change by utilizing abandoned oil wells. And I'm just like scared to death, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely good. It got the bar rolling. I think within four weeks of that competition, uh, we went and we incorporated the company. 
and uh, we actually became Eden Geo Power. Before then, we were just an we were just an idea. I think it was called Eden's Geothermal Initiative was the name that we applied with. So those kind of competitions for any other, if, if any kind of potential entrepreneurs are are listening to this, um, I would highly recommend doing pitch competitions, getting your brand out there and hearing the feedback so you can make it better. Um, it was a really good way for us to start. Yeah, I, I've gone through that circuit with my two tech startups in the past, man. The, the pitch circuit is crazy. And uh, if yeah, if you guys out there are interested in, you know, honing your skills, a lot of those um, incubators really help you with your pitches as well. I don't know, did you end up going through any incubator programs? Yeah, so what they did with that competition, they um they gave us a mentor. And so nice. we sat back with the mentor um, months after the competition. We're still in contact now. And we just, they help you make the right handshakes you got to make. They review your business plan. They, um, you know, introduce you to different kind of ways to make your business plan better. Mm-hmm. Um, they really provide a good amount of support that goes beyond just the one competition. You know, it, it's definitely something that, brings together a lot of resources for you. And I would definitely highly recommend it for anybody that's looking to uh, get their startup off the ground. You're going to need advice. You're going to need mentors. You're going to need advisors um, and people that have been there before that can help pull you out the out the muck whenever you get stuck and lead you in the right direction. And those com- competitions definitely um, help with that. Absolutely. I agree with you there. And so you, you guys are doing it in a, in a roundabout way. This is not a direct token sale. Um, kind of explain what you're doing, how this uh, S- STO is being established. Talk a little bit about the Reg CF uh, initiative that you guys are taking advantage of. That's something I think that uh, President Obama uh, put together or put put through. Um, yeah, kind of give us a little rundown on the whole token structure and all of that good stuff. It's not a it's not a typical token sale. It's not a token sale, and 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 that's for a reason, and I'll tell you about that uh, very shortly. But Obama back in 2012 did this thing called the Jumpstart Our Business Act or Jobs Act, and it was a way for um, non-accredited investors to be able to participate in the funding of startups. Mm-hmm. And so, to be frank, when we first were going to, you know, start raising capital, we raised capital before. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're moving towards this this token model, um, we were going to do an ICO, right? We, we, everybody was still in ICOs. We saw millions of dollars going through ICOs and things like that. And then, like right in the middle of us prepare, preparing all the material for the ICO, um, the SEC just starts knocking on everybody's door, like mm-hmm. knock, knock, knock. That was that was not a utility token; it was security. You know, you're in trouble now, buddy. Uh, people started getting sued. We saw a lot of companies that were very promising, you know, just issue ICOs without being registered with the SEC, you know, without really thinking about what the consequences are going to be. And they and they, and they they failed because of that, you know? And so we didn't want to make those same mistakes. I think we were fortunate to come after the ICO bubble because yeah. we were able to see all that stuff that didn't work and be like, okay, this company's similar and that didn't work for them, I'm not going to make those same mistakes. You know, I'm not going to do what they did because they obviously failed. Um, so regulation crowdfunding is a way to raise capital for a startup. You can raise up to $1.07 million from both accredited uh, and non-accredited investors. 
and it's SEC compliant. So we had to submit forms to the SEC. They had to look at it and say, okay, you guys are good to go and things like that. Nice. Um, and so we're, we're moving in a, in a more cautious and steady approach to where step one is to raise capital just simply by selling equity in the company. We're not doing a token sale right now. Um, we're just simply raising the funds that we need so that for step two, we can issue a compliant and correct token sale. And we're, we're not trying to be funky about it. It's going to be a security. That's what it's going to be. Right. Um, there are ways to issue a security um, following the Jobs Act from 2012 and the Obama administration while being compliant with the SEC. And so that's what we're going to be using. But, you know, doing all of these things, they take capital. Nothing in the world is free. Um, and so we have to, we're being smart about it. We don't want to rush and, and fail, not because we had a bad idea, but because we just simply didn't think about the fundraising strategy smartly. Um, so we're not doing a token sale right now. We're preparing for the token sale. We're going to do it the right way. So how can individuals uh, invest in the company? Is that, is that uh, available at the moment? Yeah, it's available at the moment. And it, it'll be a very straightforward um, equity investment, which is actually better because you're Absolutely. investing in the company and you're getting stock back. You're getting common stock. You're getting um, potentially preferred stock, depending on how much gets invested. Mm -hmm. And so as the company grows from a 10 million valuation to a 50 million to 100 million valuation, now you get a 10x return just based on company growth, not any kind of speculation regarding the token models and things like that. Exactly. Um, so right now people can invest with this open if you go to our website and you click participate in the offering, it will take you right to um, the Start Engine page. It's, it's right at the very top. Um, right there. If you right guys there. see that, participate in the offering, it'll take you right to the page um, mm -hmm. on startengine.com where you guys can begin to invest in this. And this is a great idea. Uh, I've been very critical of uh, President Obama in many ways, but I will have to say that was one thing that was very good um definitely was needed because you got a lot of these you know rich rich guys um individuals and groups that are able to participate in great ideas like this and and leave everyone else out so this is great if you guys want to like i said this is the new way of doing things and you know forget about the ico tokens stos are going to be the wave of the future and uh, Paris Small and his team, they're, they're ahead of the, the curve when it, when it comes to this type of fundraising. So uh, if you guys are interested, definitely check their site out for more information about it. Uh, there are different bonuses and tiers that they offer. So uh, very good idea there. Uh, and it's really good. I, you know, I think, you know, many times you say first movers advantage. Well, in this case, it was, it was great that you didn't move first uh with the wave of icos and uh and took your time there so that's that's great man yeah and it's cool because you can it's, it's, it takes five minutes to invest you can invest you can be a credit card be a debit card uh and also be a bitcoin and ethereum so you nice. can still invest in, in tokens it's, but it's a way to do it without having to worry about the sec come knocking on the door and and, and telling you to shut down um right. they, they approved it they said you know what um, you followed regulations that we set out back in 2012. Uh, there you go. You're good to go. Um, and that's how we're going to be moving forward, um, doing it correctly. And not, um, we're building a company. You know, we're not trying to do a, a quick buck type thing. We're trying to build this thing. And to do that, you got to have communication with the, with the government. That's just the way it is. So how, um, 
how capital intensive is this though? Is this going to be like every location? Do you guys have an idea of capital costs? Um, yeah, and this this would bring us to the token model. Yeah. And so, um, the whole point of tokenizing the infrastructure, looking at the tokenization of a power plant, is because you're right. It is very capital intensive for one, two, or three groups to invest in. Um, the going number to use for a geothermal power plant um, installation is two thousand five hundred dollars per kilowatt of installed capacity. Mm. So. To give you an idea of what that means, uh, a 10 megawatt geothermal power plant will cost you around $25 million. Wow. And so what we've done is said, hey, why, why have one or two people finance this? We saw, I think one thing that the ICO model taught us was that cryptocurrency is the new way of wealth exchange. We saw a lot of money, a lot of money go to companies doing ICOs, they made billions of dollars in a couple of days, weeks, whatever it might be um, for their projects. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, well, why can't we do the exact same thing for renewable energy infrastructure? We can look at every project as being a special purpose vehicle. And if you don't know what a special purpose vehicle is, it's essentially a subsidiary of a company that is decentralized from the main company, meaning that if the main company fails, the, the, the subsidiary or SPV, special purpose vehicle, lives. And if the special purpose vehicle fails, the main company doesn't uh, uh, go down mm -hmm. or, or vice versa. They, they work both ways. Um, so we're looking at every single power plant as being its own entity, its own company that people can buy shares of, that people can help finance. And the only purpose of the power plant is to maximize revenue but the easiest way to do it being mining Bitcoin. Um, it's, a, it's a decentralized asset-based approach to cryptocurrency mining. Mm -hmm. So one thing that people always ask me, the miners say, you know, mining right now isn't, isn't you know, economical. You can't make any money mining this and that. And I ask them, well, what do you pay for power? They say, I pay four cents. I pay six cents and things like that. And I try to tell them, but with, with model, you pay zero cents for power because you're not paying for power. You're paying for ownership of a power plant. Mm -hmm. It's the same argument as renting a home versus buying a home. Mm -hmm. But buying the home, once it gets paid back, you own it. You can sell it. It's everything from there is profit. And so it's, it's a cryptocurrency mining operation based off an asset. And what you're trying to do is pay back the power plant as soon as possible. And so we, we did the numbers. And uh, conventionally with geothermal power plants, you'll pay it back in around eight years. Okay. If you get all the power and you mine with it, um, even at today's um, rates using the latest mining equipment, you can pay it back in around three point five years. Wow, um, pretty drastic. That's it, and we're we're in suppressed markets right now. So I can only imagine if uh, you know Bitcoin just doubles, that cuts it down to roughly half, you know, one and a half years. So if you're smart about it, if you're smart about it, what you do is you mine the coin from the power plant. You just hold it. You don't sell it until until it passes the threshold, right? right. So maybe you mine it at 4K, hold it till it's 8K, yep. sell it at 8K, and now you have a 1.5 year payback period. Mm. And that's the beauty of the dynamic of Bitcoin. The fact that the prices are always changing in this scenario is good. You just got to be patient and hold it and sell it once the prices go up, and you can pay that pay you can pay that power plant back in a year. Imagine paying back a 25 million dollar power plant in a year using that's Bitcoin. Crazy. 
And it's something that nobody's doing right now. And it's difficult for other renewables to do it. Um, geothermal has intrinsic um, advantages. So tell us about your competitors, though. I know there are a couple of uh, competitors out there, which is a good thing, uh, like Gigawatt, Crypto, Solar Tech, uh, to name a few. Why are you different and how are you better? Well, the one thing that's different is the token model. They, they issue utility tokens. It's simply based off, uh, hey, you know, you buy power from us, we have power, boom, simple, right? Mm -hmm. We're taking a security asset-based approach to where you're not buying power, you're buying the power plant. So you literally own part of the power plant. Well, that's a and huge so if, if it mines Bitcoin, you get the Bitcoin, but you're not paying for the power. You have an asset, you own it. You can trade the ownership on alternative token exchanges. T0 comes to mind for, for one that you can mm -hmm. trade it on. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the biggest difference. The second difference, in particular, uh, Gigawatt didn't do too well, not because the power wasn't always available, but because they, their token model was messed up. They got sued by their investors and went bankrupt pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, Crypto Solar Tech and Solona, I think those companies are struggling a lot right now. And and I kind of saw it coming to be frank, but I, I'm, I don't want to disparage anybody. I'm a really big fan of all renewables. Mm -hmm. um, but wind and solar have really big disadvantages for cryptocurrency mining. Mm. And that disadvantage is that it only mines, it can only produce power 30% of the day, maybe 40% at best. So people don't understand why that's important. You need a 24-7 power source for cryptocurrency mining. You don't want to only mine 20% 20, 20 of the day. You're not going to be able to maximize revenue. But the problem with wind and solar is that those technologies are not able to provide 24-7 energy without the use of something called energy storage or batteries. Mm -hmm. And batteries are very expensive. So by the time you pay for a battery for your solar or wind plant, you're now uh, three times the cost of your project, where maybe you were generating power at four cents, now it's 16 cents. The only alternative there is to hook up the solar or wind farm to the grid and then buy power from the grid when you're not generating electricity. And so you're going to be setting up a wind farm and then buying power from the grid 80% of the time. Just go ahead and buy power from the grid if that's the case. So it doesn't really it doesn't really work that way. So um, so with your token, uh, what's the supply and float and in the details on that? Well, um, the details on the token. And actually, one thing I wanted to make sure I, I got to in the point was that geothermal provides power 24-7. It's one of the only uh, base load renewable energy technologies. So you don't have to worry about, you know, the grid or, or batteries or issues. But for the token, the model is based like this. You know, if the power plus 25 million, then we tokenize $25 million worth of tokens. And we use that to fund the power plant. Mm -hmm. And so from there what we do is use governmental incentives to help give people, you know, a good return on their investment. For instance, uh, with geothermal power plants, if it's 25 million, um, you get 10% discounted automatically in investment tax credits. And also because you own an asset and you're not just simply buying power, you get all the benefits of it being a renewable energy power plant. Um, so one thing we're gonna put on the blockchain as well is something called renewable energy credits and carbon offsets. So for every uh, kilowatt hour of um, renewable energy you produce, the United Nations and some state governments will pay you for it. And so you get some extra source of revenue and those markets are tradable as well. It's, there's an entire carbon market that fluctuates in price. And so you get all of these offsets as well because you own the power plant. 
and you get all the benefits of ownership as opposed to just buying electricity through a PPA. Um, and so that's how we're going to go about helping investors get a return um, and also allowing them to take full advantage of the asset-based security model. Um, our company, in return for our services, we just take a small percentage of the power plant through ownership and a token. So we get paid the same way you, you get paid, you know, through the token. Um, we take maybe 5%, 10% ownership of the power plant, and we decentralize the other 90% to where it's owned by um, the stakeholders. So that is crazy, man. So to, to just make sure I'm clarifying this correctly for my audience. Not only are you mining Bitcoin and, and you know, splitting the profits there, but you're the people that are actually invested in this uh, particular SPV will also make money from other avenues right other business avenues so that's that's awesome man this is going to be very big um and I, i'm actually pretty excited about this myself um what are your future plans man like where are you guys at right now i know i saw the roadmap on the website um where are you guys right now with things and kind of tell us uh, what, what 2019 the rest of 2019 looks like well right now we're raising capital to prepare us for the security token offering. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we need this capital so we can go and hire consultants to um, really verify our pilot project. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're sitting like it's going to be somewhere maybe either in Turkey or on the West Coast of the U.S. We're still trying to figure out, based off the geophysical data, what the best place to put this is um, to maximize uh, returns. Gotcha. Look, we, we want to issue the security token in Q3 2019. You know, and maybe six months from now, once we really finish up um, the token model, once we really identify the best location to do it, we want to go ahead and get it done. Um, we're aiming at power plants that can be developed in two years. So from start to finish, it'll take two years. So we're looking at around uh, 2021, 2022 for the first power plant to be live. Mm -hmm. The power plant's going to be huge. Um, it's going to be minimum 10 megawatts. Mm -hmm. And so, um, one thing to remember that a 10 megawatt geothermal power plant is equivalent to a 30 megawatt solar plant because the geothermal plant produces electricity 95% of the time or at a 95% capacity factor, which means that if you have 10 megawatts, you take 10 megawatts times 0.95, that's how much power you really get back. With the solar plant, you get around 10 megawatts times 0.3. So it's a really a lot of power. Um, and this is one of the reasons why the biggest mining operation in the world um, and I believe it's Genesis Mining in Iceland. It's from a geothermal power plant. It's, it's a lot of power that's just always available. Um, and so we're going to be issuing that, getting these power plants up and running. In the background, uh, we're really passionate about decarbonization and renewable energy, and we're developing renewable energy technologies. And so right now we're working on a grant that we got from the, the U.S. government, gave us a couple hundred thousand dollars to start a lab. And so this is my nice. office space. And right downstairs, we have a laboratory, and we're developing um, technologies to increase the economics of a geothermal reservoir um, through electricity. And so that's what the next step is, is getting this grant ready and preparing for this first SPV. Wow, man, that, that's awesome. I'm very excited about this project, guys. Paris Small, uh, co-founder of Eden Geo Power, and that's EdenGeoPower.com. So check them out, guys. If you're interested, you don't have to be a um, qualified investor or anything like that to participate at the ground level in this break uh, 
very groundbreaking technology. Very, very excited, man. Thanks again, man, for coming on. Any last minute thoughts? Well, I just want everybody to know, um, as we move forward in society, we need people to be able to think critically about things and don't be afraid to take risks, but be smart about the risks that you take. Um, I love people who have passion. I love people who go out there and think about what they're gonna do before they do it and try to change the world any way you can. Um, mm-hmm. Don't just sit back and watch it happen, do something about it. And excellent, uh, man. Yeah. yeah, excellent, and wear purple. <laughs> it's your boy Crypto Blood, and thank you for checking out this kicking session with Paris Small from EdenGeoPower.com. I'm out of here, people. How? Take care. See you. Can't get enough, can't get enough.